0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Matt and boxing social in association with Empire Fight Star forged Irish Stout. Been joined by Eddie Hearn. Eddie, um, we've just talked a little bit off camera there. Devin Haney, what a performance! Just top me through it. You
0: said, as as many have tonight, about Mayweather against Gatti. Like, it's two decades since there was a big fight in San Francisco. It's actually Floyd Mayweather, and just so much of what I saw tonight, like. The speed of foot, the speed of hand, the movement, the the jab, the intelligence, and now with it, a better engine, more power, more strength, up at 140. And I just just don't know who's going to beat Devin Haney. I mean, he's so, so good. And he made a very good world champion look average tonight. And it was just an unbelievable performance.
1: Going into this fight, though, um, there was obviously questions about it. And he, he's been struggling with 135 for so long. But mm. did you expect that kind of performance? Because that was like one of them, yeah. I was there kind of performances. Yeah, I mean, I
0: think that, don't forget the performance against Lomachenko, although a, a close fight, still a great performance. And Cambosis. but I knew that he was killing himself to make 135, even when I was working with him before. So up at 140, it's only five pounds. And that's why he talks about going to 147. Not a problem for Devin. I think he'll be even stronger at 147. And, you know, there's so many great fights out there for him. Of course, you've heard Oscar and Ryan Garcia. I think it's a natural fight for Dazone Javonta Davis, Teofimo Lopez, but even fights at 147. But it's difficult to see who can beat him. And he only may get beat by going up too many divisions but I just thought it was amazing
1: You've sort of come full circle with Devin I know how close that relationship was you sort of started that design journey of getting him on board mm-hmm. he did leave like you mentioned to rob the bank mm-hmm. but he's come back now is it satisfying that you've seen him sort of make that way and come back because they've always said how good a relationship they've had they've yeah,
0: always said you know that we'll, we'll end a career together and I think in boxing it's a short career you can never let a fighter not take advantage of opportunities he didn't really Well, he definitely didn't want to leave. And we got frozen out. And he had to take that deal. And it was hard for him. But it was a life-changing opportunity. And he promised me he'd be back. And after the deal was up, he came straight back. But who knows what the future holds. We're definitely going to work together now, forever. Who knows? Like, I think I'm pretty chilled, really, on if you want to be with me, great. And I'll never let you down. If you show me loyalty, I'll have your back at every moment. And as long as we're honest with each other, it don't really matter. If if some massive offer come in for him to fight on another platform or another network, I'd say to him, mate, go for it. You know. And I don't. I think as long as you operate like that, I think you're going to get on better with fighters. Of course, if you deliver for a fight and you've got a contract with a fighter, you expect them to honor And if you've done a good job for them, and if you've given everything you you can they should respect that as well. But the problem is in boxing, there's too many idiots who get in people's ears that have not got a fucking clue what they're talking about. I mean, I'm negotiating fights with people and I just think, who are you listening to? Because you are fucking clueless. This
1: is this coming from managers, advisors though? Or is it oh, friends no, and associates? No, who, who's doing that? A mixture of everything. Don't get me wrong, there are some good managers and
0: advisors. There's some terrible ones. There's friends, there's lawyers. Who I like... You know, and it's so frustrating as a sport because, honestly, all we want to do is make good fights. All we want to do is try and take fighters' careers forward, maximise their earnings, you know, guide them in the right way. And then all of a sudden, some clown pops up who has absolutely no idea what they're doing Mm. and get a fighter's ear, and you're, like, thinking... And you end up... You lose patience with it, but you, you just end up saying, okay. Don't worry. You're new to this now. Yeah, so. but we're very lucky that our business is in a position where we can take it or leave it. Any fighter that we've got, if they decide to go or they decide to be disloyal or we fall out, it's okay. We wake up and we go again. But it's just incredible. It's more frustrating. We don't really have that problem with a lot of our fighters. There's been a couple that have had the worst advice ever and you've seen their career just plummet since they've, they've taken it. But they're smaller fighters really in the grand scheme of global boxing but there's big fights i try and make and you just talk to these people and it's like honestly man like there is zero common sense sometimes and that's one of the, the good things and bad things about boxing is there is no barriers to entry anyone can become a manager right yeah. N- next day this this geezer is advising a fighter and you're like where have you come from? And it's like, you know, uh, oh, well, I was, uh, you know, I had a business here, I had a, uh, something, I don't know, it could be anything. It's like, and you're, but you don't know what you're talking about. Oh, I reckon this fight's worth 10 mil. How? That's the number, isn't it? How's that the number? You, you fucking moron. Excuse my language, but it, honestly, it really does wind me up sometimes. And, and that, in the end, you just end up laughing. Mm-hmm. Like, I've had it recently and I'm just like, okay,
1: all right, do it, just don't worry about it. Like, it's like, because, yeah. Boxing. Let's end on another positive note. Just a sidebar away from this mm-hmm. fight. Um, I had the pleasure of seeing Andy Cruz perform for the first yeah. time live. And I mean, yeah, just, you just well, take I mean, it away. It's cause. only really
0: because you see Devin's performance that it doesn't overshadow Andy Cruz. But, I mean, look, Straffon's not Regis Progre, but also it's his second fight. Like, Devin was nowhere near as good as that in his second fight. Right? This kid is unbelievable. Like, he's trending number one in the UK, three in the United States. That's the kind of momentum we need. That's why I actually waited a little bit longer to fight on this card. I would have liked to see him fight in October, November. Need to get him back out in February. Top 15 guy. In my opinion, he will go on and beat everybody at
1: 135 pounds. I I was going through Instagram, and I just saw I did him was live with Keyshawn Davis. Couldn't hear it because I was in there. Um, What was said? I can imagine what he said. I'll get on with
0: Keyshawn, and I like him. I, I think he's really... I like. I think he's not being promoted very well at all, but... I'm helping him out, obviously, by doing things like that. Gave him a massive platform this evening. Um, obviously, Andy Cruz, who calls Keyshawn his son, because he just walked him around the school in the amateurs. It's, much- I just, it's a mismatch time. like. And Keyshawn's really good, but honestly... like,
1: Who's he's the just- most competitive fighter for him, then, if not Keyshawn? Because Keyshawn's... Stevenson,
0: Javonta Davis, honestly. Right, They're yeah. probably the only two fighters that I would say not back handy against but I would have my reservations honestly at 135 but I don't see anybody else in the division beating him at 135 right now in his third fight
1: well look um, it's been a great fight week in San Francisco I sincerely hope you do another show here because it was a great atmosphere um, roll on next week for Arizona Pre- yep. appreciate your time. See you time in Phoenix mate all right sports social podcast network